0: Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones.
1: Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, the podcast. Today, I've got Adam Cookson, who co-founded TechDry International in 2013. TechDry recovers wet smart devices such as cell phones, tablets, computers, watches, cameras, and wearables for moisture intrusion. Adam's responsibilities for TechDry today include strategic business planning, domestic and international business development, capital formation, investor relations, and leading the TechDry team for growth and expansion. Adam brings over 25 years of successful corporate startups and manufacturing experiences, including technology, wind energy, automotive assembly, synthetic rubber, and plastic extrusion molding. Welcome to the show, Adam.
0: Thank you so much, Lori. I'm I'm super excited to be a part of this today. Well,
1: we're excited to have you as a part of the interview today as well. I know our listeners will gain such fabulous insight from you. Um, especially those um, that have the entrepreneurial spirit that you do as well. And speaking about that, at what point in time did you decide that you wanted to start your own business?
0: Well, as you mentioned, uh, I had an executive MBA at DU, and that's where I met my co-founders. It was actually during that uh, series of courses, one of which was an innovation course, that one of the co-founders actually brought up the idea for uh, rescuing uh, electronics using some kind of a vacuum. Uh, he didn't have a technical background uh, I did and and together we were able to develop this into something that uh, turned into a business and uh, we were able to patent it. Um, we also met several members of our team through that program, so that was really the the genesis uh, of it um, as far as you know coming up with the business idea as far as starting a business out of it, uh, you know my whole career has been in a corporate sense, doing startups, uh, new factories, new product launches, building teams—many uh, of these were large-scale, you know, 500 to 1,000 people. But I think one of the things I realized as we were developing the business idea is that really I was kind of wired for this. I was used to the front-end uh, developments, um, lots of ambiguity, um, you know, introducing order into chaos, forming teams from the from the very beginning. Um, so that was really, um, in, in a funny kind of way, that kind of ambiguity and chaos is my comfort zone. Um, also, and maybe the biggest part of this, I have awesome support from my wife Morella and our children uh, and the rest of my family for doing something like this. It's a it's a uh, huge huge step away from the this let's say the safety and comfort of a regular paycheck every week from a from a corporate job, uh, and and really their support has uh, an encouragement has made it possible and. And, uh, you know, gave me the courage to, to jump out into this.
1: And I've had the pleasure of meeting your children. And, and, of course, I know your wife, Morella, well. And I could not agree more how important that support base is, especially when you've got the entrepreneurial mindset that you do um, and not necessarily knowing what is around the next, the next corner. So as we move into your philosophy, how do you define that entrepreneurial spirit?
0: Um, You know, I'd say it's really about embracing the reality and excitement of starting new things. Um, As I mentioned, they're often ambiguous. It requires uh, really enjoying applying creativity and problem solving. Um, And then I I think the other piece of it is you're building something from nothing and you have to do it in steps. So I, I refer to it as, you know, injecting appropriate amounts of order to the chaos over time. Uh, and that's, that's almost a kind of restraint. Um, myself and many others on the team who have come from uh, larger company backgrounds, we have to kind of pace what kind of things we introduce over time. But that's, that's really what it is.
1: It's such a unique thought process because as entrepreneurs, I think we're fast-paced thinkers and we're always thinking you know, ten steps ahead so being able to methodically say okay we need to slow this process down and start here is it's almost just you know against you know, our grain of thinking for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what leadership qualities do you feel are necessary to succeed as an entrepreneur
0: well uh, there's, there's several I think the ones I would focus on is um, first of all you know as a CEO or as a leader Every day the team is watching you and, and taking your temperature and then applying it to how they feel about the business. So from the very first thing when you walk in the door, you know, simple things like your positive or negative attitude as you interact with your team um, at the start of each day, that matters a lot and it affects how they feel about the prospects for the company. So even having an awareness of that simple thing is, is one important aspect. Um, my job is to connect the dots, you know, between the vision I have for the business and the challenges in front of the team. And there's, there's always, especially in a startup, there's always ways to imagine how the business could fail. And I have to create an environment where people are always looking for solutions. I think a leader also needs to be always learning and ready to apply that learning quickly to adapt to the many situations that can come up. And I'm not just talking about business methods and new technologies. You have to be learning about your people every day as well. Um, and the final thing, maybe on a more personal note, I would say is uh, you need to have a plan for what I call mental resilience. Um, you, know, it, you have to have an awareness that as the CEO or leader of, the, of, a, of a team, you can only support your team effectively if you are also being supported quite often by an outside network. And for me, this comes down to my faith, my family, and peer organizations uh, like Vistage where I can share and get help with tough issues.
1: Oh, that's great. I love that. And it's so true as well. Those um, outside sources just act as an additional um, room um, of thought leaders to really bounce things off on. Now, I, I know you well. Uh, you've got an incredible approach um, to integrating your team. You you've You've talked about it just briefly, but could you expand on that? How have you integrated your internal teams? How do you get everyone on the same page? singing from the site songbook whether or not you've got four or five employees or, or 500
0: well you, you know you'd think that especially with a small team this would be an easier thing to do but I think no matter the size of the team it requires a lot of discipline um, and especially in our case because the team is, is small and growing everyone is working on many things and moving very fast so what I've set up is regular regular meetings uh, weekly meetings for each of the main focus areas of the business and the whole team attends those these are short focused meetings we also have a morning check-in three times a week That's also very focused only 15 minutes or less uh, to keep every, everyone aware of what each other's doing and, and what they may, may need help with I think it's important to uh, I mean we don't want to have too many meetings but it's, it's important to set up a cadence where at very focused times the whole team can communicate because we are we are going in so many uh, working on so many different things
1: that's right. Now, with those meetings, do you have um, certain uh, areas that each person reports on or a guideline of questions that they report on?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've, again, in a, this sort of goes back to the startup uh, mentality of not trying to overburden the system with too many things. You know, we're not like Robert's Rules of Order and perfect agendas all the time. Uh, <laughs> but, but what we do have is um, we've, we've worked out over over a period of months you know what are the main things we're going to talk about in each meeting and there's a meeting focused on for example marketing, one on sales, one on finance, another uh, on fundraising and and some of these are weekly some of these are bi-weekly and there's a person from the team assigned to run each of those meetings Um, uh, we take notes we follow up on to do's so there's there's a will say a growing amount of structure and again it has to do with sort of getting people used to this muscle and then building it over time
1: that's great. Talk to us about the integrated marketing approaches that you have used to elevate the brand and create awareness and, and what has worked and, and what hasn't.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we've worked with several marketing uh, individuals and companies over the past three years before, before finding set Communications. Um, and I think, I think we were looking for too many silver bullets early on. Uh, we would often meet with an individual or a, an outside team and they have this overconfidence about how funny or viral our service could be. I mean, come on, it's, it's rescuing phones from toilets. You know, there's there's tons of opportunity for humor there. Um, but this this overconfidence around that, I think, would lead them to think how easy it might be to do the marketing. And then we would let ourselves get talked into that. And it led to some poor outcomes. And so I think the first realization was that, you know, there's no easy path here, regardless of how awesome your product or service is. Um, The second thing is that we rely a lot on our partner retailers, the the big chain stores that have our machines for marketing and that's also taught us that we need to be very focused on filling in the gaps with campaigns and ideas that are, say, non-traditional and more grassroots, things that the, the big, big companies wouldn't necessarily think of first so'm I'm, I'm very excited about our up com- upcoming campaign with uh, you and Avocet uh, that we're doing in Orange County using you know iconic restroom advertising along with the combined social media and PR campaign uh, I think the team's have put in a lot of hard work and done a lot of homework leading up to these and it really feels like a partnership it's not it's not us coming up with uh, all the ideas or us abdicating all that responsibility it really feels like we've We've done a lot of work over time, and, and it's finally come to fruition, and, and these aren't silver bullets. It's just very well thought out and well-planned ideas.
1: Well, I, yeah, I, and I agree. Uh, it's some of the, the best lessons in marketing are figuring out what doesn't work, um, mm-hmm. and unless you deploy an idea to get there, you don't know. So we're very excited about the outcome of this campaign as well um, as we grow the footprint of TechDry and your solutions um, throughout the nation. Now, we all know that there are many, many obstacles involved in any product launch in any uh, startup company. Can you tell us about a challenging time or a situation that really could have devastated or even ruined the business, but you persisted, you made tough decisions, and now that once painful memory serves as an invaluable learning experience for you?
0: Uh, sure. So. Last year, uh, this would have been just after we'd gotten our first contract with Staples uh, for uh, rolling out 82 stores. Uh, I faced a crisis. Uh, One of uh, my co-founders, the original co-founder, had suffered a debilitating accident and along with some other reasons was no longer going to be able to continue with the business or also support the loan we were going to need to build and deploy the machines for Staples. And that was really I mean that was a horrible moment. I remember that conversation. Uh, he felt awful about it. I felt awful about it. it. It felt like the business was over because it was you know we weren't going to be able to fulfill that contract and that that was our first big big break and it felt like it was falling apart and and that kind of that kind of derailed me for a little while and eventually I, I reached out to my support networks uh, to help sort of figure out how to handle the situation in a way that would keep us strong and moving forwards and um, through that I mean they came up with uh, some ideas that helped me get some ideas and we ended up with a way to turn this around and, 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 uh, and really make it a, a good outcome uh, for both my departing co-founder and the company um, and, and also my remaining co-founder really stepped up at that time and he took over responsibilities that the other couldn't do anymore and, you know, sometimes as a CEO, you get into a rut where you start thinking that you need to have all the answers because everyone's always asking you, you know, what things about what to do and what's the right move. And uh, it was it was critical for me to be able to reach out and just ask for help.
1: Yeah, that is fantastic. And, and I think all too often um, people are afraid to, to do just that and if there's any takeaway um, from that component of the interview, it truly is to just raise that hand and ask people for help. Now, at, at what what changed for you after you made that decision?
0: I think after that decision, it it really cleared up um, a sense of where we were going and how we were going to get there. There was a clarity. Um, the team, the team, the way the thing had played out, the team felt very good about it. There was a renewed energy; uh, it felt fresh, and uh, you know, it went from being a devastating situation to really being fun to to work on this on the project and the business, and, and things really took off from there.
1: That's exciting. Define success for TechDry. How do you know when you're there? And is there a magic moment when you feel like you finally made it?
0: Well, I'll let you know when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, um, we've got you know we've got a, a plan laid out um, for the next five years, and really what we focus on though is about the next ninety days, and then beyond you know closer than that, what are we going to accomplish this week? And for us, some of our next milestones are things like uh, finalizing the deal to go into the next uh, 500 retail stores, which uh, which would also get us into the realm of uh, financial break-even, which is a huge, huge event for us. At that point, our growth isn't relying solely on investors, and we can start funding, internally funding many things, um, and after that, I think the next big thing where I would start to feel like. You know, we're not maybe a startup anymore, but <clears throat> an early stage company with a real platform is we're looking at applying our technology to more verticals, more than just drying out consumer electronics, things like medical medical device sterilization, electronics manufacturing and others. That would move us from being a one service company to a technology platform. I feel like we get there, that's when, that's when we've made it. Although the journey, you know, the journey is continuing, for me another big piece is as I've created teams in, in various companies a big a big moment for me is when I see members of my team in the case of being in a corporation they get promoted uh, they go on to their own projects uh, there's some members of our team who who have designs on having their own startups someday and I think that would be the real success is to have tech dry, you know blossom out and create even more startups
1: uh, that's such a neat neat thought process too and 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 I you know just think the world of you adamant as you know and That mentoring thought process that you've just defined is going to create not only an incredible team, but just incredible um, platforms for the future and um, individuals who can truly uh, share in that vision that you have. Um, I, I love those leadership qualities. Thank you. What one strategy or process have you implemented that if business owners and their teams can consistently apply every day? would compound into big wins for them
0: you know something you've mentioned I think touches on this and it's often the real breakthrough is figuring out what not to work on Um, in the beginning you know our idea had many applications many places we could uh, potentially put the service all kinds of options and the biggest challenge was narrowing things down to figure out what to work on and uh, one of the things we did last year which really helped us uh, distill that was getting everybody together and having a. It was a one day. I mean, I'll say strategic retreat, but I don't want to make it sound fancy. We were in a in a conference room. We booked for a day, and and our team was there. Uh, our board of advisors, uh, some people I really respect who've helped helped us grow this business, and we had set up a series of meetings, not unlike the weekly meetings we had, where there was one focused on you know, marketing, sales, finance. Uh, Engineering for the machine and fundraising and so on. And the goal was really to figure out what our make or break thing was that we needed to focus on Um, so that we could then not spend energy and resources focusing on things that didn't matter as much. And the team really came together. They each put together um, ideas around strategies and focus items in each of those areas. And then, overall, out of all those areas, we, we decided that marketing was our make or break item because it's, uh, you know, for us, customer awareness, it's, it's a new service. And simply having people be aware of it is a, is a, a hurdle we have to overcome. Um, and once we had defined that, once we had said, okay, this is the most important overall thing. And then within each area, this is like the one thing we have to accomplish to, to get to the next level. That way, day after day, we could really be supportive of things that aligned with that very short list. And then feel good about shelving things that weren't aligned with that list. And as I said, those things—if you—if you focus on the wrong things—it distracts the team, it steals energy and resources, and those are so precious in a startup.
1: Yeah, they sure are. As we move into our final question here, if there's one thing that you want to be known for, what is it, and why?
0: You know, I've—I've uh, I've really been blessed with the opportunity to have been involved in so many business startups, both in the corporate world and now as an entrepreneur. And something I really value from all these experiences is the strong relationships that form as the teams grapple with challenges and adversity and then share in successes. I, I'd like to share all of this and be known as the guy that you know helped a lot of people to not only survive these journeys, but to thrive and to relish in them and in the process to become better versions of themselves by knowing that they really overcame something and found strengths that they never knew they had.
1: Uh, I love that. It's so true. You've heard it, listeners. You've heard Adam talk about turning order into chaos and how mental resilience truly does keep that entrepreneurial spirit alive. And I look forward over the years and, and quite frankly, the months and and years to come about all of our listeners really experiencing um, the innovation that TechDry brings to the table in so many different ways. It truly is going to revolutionize the way that we um, take care of our wet phone recovery, and Orange County, you're lucky to be, you know, seeing some of that coming up here real quickly. Adam, thank you so much. Appreciate. Thank the you so much, Lori.
0: Great pleasure. Thank you. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avasetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.